0: The boy dealt another scourging lash, as scourging as the strength of his frail thirteen-year-old body could inflict. A body still foreign to sports or hard work. In fact, a body foreign to everything, or almost. His shoulder was aching and his right hand, gripping the bludgeon, was now covered in sores. Some had burst and were oozing hot goo. But he didn't stop. The whip sliced through the air with a piercing hiss and struck the target with a resounding clap that echoed through the narrow cell. He remembered his mother's old piano with its long bronze-colored strings and large soundbox, But that was it. No screams, no cries. Apart from his own huffing and puffing between the thrashes, all around was silence. The place was damp, And windowless not too damp for a basement though it was the altitude about 1800 meters above sea level but it was something the boy would discover only later for now his geography was still sketchy the only source of light was a faint bulb hanging from the ceiling and the stench wafting in the room was unbearable the man had shat himself again He had no clothes on, his arms were stretched above his head and his wrists were chained to the heavy beam that crossed the cell from side to side. His head, now an emaciated oval shape, hung hopelessly on his chest like a withered flower, and on his back the dull color of clotted blood from the old wounds mingled with the vermilion from the new ones, like the canvas of some extravagant painter, A thick leather collar, once belonging to a large dog, clenched the prisoner's neck, and breathing was onerous. A second, shorter chain held his ankles. So much precaution may have seemed excessive, but the boy wasn't going to take any risks. He wasn't going to take any risks, because the man before him wasn't just any man. Again he struck him, again and again despite the searing pain in his hand, despite his agonizing shoulder, almost torn from his body at every thrust of his arm. Only when he was utterly exhausted did he drop the whip. The man turned his head to look back at him, a bit too far back. But no sound came, no crack of a breaking neck. His mouth, barely open, seemed frozen in an absent grin. As if the jawbone had failed time ago. Drool dribbled down his chin. A quiff of encrusted hair hung over his smooth high brow. But his pupils, now gone up behind his eyelids, were giving way to the white of his eyes, like two yokeless boiled eggs. But still he was looking at him. The boy was sure. Because that was how the thing he used to call Uncle Bob would look at him before doing something nasty.